Hi everyone and welcome back to the Road to Repeal podcast. This is a podcast made by Yes Campaigners for the upcoming referendum, looking at some of the difficult questions regarding repealing the Eighth Amendment. In today's podcast, we interview former Sinn Féin President Jerry Adams. Jerry Adams has been politically active since the mid-1960s and has been a central figure in Irish politics for over 30 years. He was born into a very different Ireland, into a Republican family in Belfast, which, like many families in towns and cities all over Ireland, was heavily influenced by the Catholic Church. During our canvas in Dublin Central, we have found that many older people are openly discussing the issue of abortion for the first time, and many are finding it difficult to come to a decision. They are conflicted by a Catholic Church belief that abortion is wrong, with their own personal belief that women should be shown compassion when faced with difficult decisions regarding their pregnancies. So we thought that it would be interesting to get the perspective of someone like Jerry Adams, who grew up in an Ireland where the church was dominant, but also someone who has both witnessed and been part of significant social and political changes in Ireland over the last five decades. This is the fourth show in the Road to Repeal series, which has been put together by people active in the Dublin Central Together for Yes campaign. So far, we've looked at the basics of the Eighth Amendment by interviewing Mary McAuliffe and Stephanie Lord. We then interviewed the Cork-based GP Mary Favier for a doctor's perspective. And in the last show, we addressed the question, is abortion a man's issue? which included interviews with Richie Sadler and Donegal footballer Eamon McGee. You can find these shows on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now we move on to our interview with Jerry Adams. Jerry began by talking about his childhood in Belfast, the influence the church had on his upbringing, the forgotten role of women in Irish society, and how his views on abortion evolved. Well, I'm, I'm from a family of 13. And uh, I, I have five sisters. My mother had 13 pregnancies. Ten of us survived. Three little brothers died uh, just almost directly after they were born or were stillborn. Uh, and it was a, a broadly general, I suppose, household of its time in, in terms of being, being reared in a Catholic culture uh, taught by the Christian brothers. I spent a lot of time with my uh, grand grandmother, so I I have some sense of uh, the matriarchal nature of society as opposed to state. I think the state, both states, are very patriarchal, but essentially, uh, women are the ones who manage. Uh, and in those days, it was a more traditional, that's an appropriate word to use, but it was a, a you know, the, the man brought home the wages and Chennai. Uh, the mother did all of the other fostering, economic management, cooking, cleaning, everything that you could conceivably uh, think of. And I also, the women interacted, the, the mother-in-laws and uh, the mothers, uh, you know, we were a very poor family, uh, which was not unusual, and I didn't realize we were poor because everybody else was poor until much later. So the pawn shop was regular uh, weekly 
uh, visit. There was no uh, hot water in the house. There was uh, an outside toilet. There was a single water tap in the uh, in the, in the, the yard. His family's involvement in Republican politics brought them into conflict with the Catholic Church, which is something that influenced his views on this issue. Because we were from also a Republican, the family on both sides had a Republican tradition, we had, uh, I I realised this when I was into my early teens, uh, a slightly different attitude to the Catholic Church insofar as uh, the Catholic Church its role in, its shameful role on the national question, at least its official stance on the national question and the way uncles of mine had been excommunicated and, and so on. So it was only when when uh, I, I got into my mid and late teens and came under the influence of people like Father Des Wilson, who was very radical, priest and then later on in my my early early 20s meeting meeting others uh, I I now would have changed my position on a lot of those issues uh, almost completely and a lot of it's influenced by uh, the way women are treated by the state by the Catholic Church uh, the, the inequality the lack of democracy and so on. Jerry went on to outline his position on abortion access in Ireland. It doesn't really matter what position you may have on abortion. It isn't that you have to be pro-abortion, you have to be pro-women. And you have to set aside whatever position you may have yourself. Uh, because the woman has to decide and the doctor has to be protected in, in providing what is essentially a public health service so if I could you know if I could summarize where I'm at that's that's where I'm at I I love women uh, I have many women in my life uh, I I could conceive although I hope it never happens that they could find themselves in a crisis of pregnancy and I want them to be treated uh, I also have this abiding I've never said this publicly this abiding notion that if man could be pregnant, this wouldn't be an issue. You know, that's just, it's maybe not, it's maybe that's a, something that's a bit glib to say. But essentially, I think that's when I, when I learn about symphysiotomy, which I never knew about, when I learn about the Magdalens, which I didn't know about until maybe 10 years ago, when I li- listen to, you know, the stories of, of our women, uh, were shamefully and disgracefully uh, treated, then I, I warm more and more and more and more and more to the idea that this is an issue of equality, an issue of rights. And whatever decision the woman takes, that's hers. And uh, as I say, the doctor has to be protected in doing his or her duty also. Jury addressed the view among some men that abortion is not an issue for them and that they shouldn't vote. Well, first of all, I've only had one man say that to me, and he was very quickly dissuaded. He he, he very quickly, when when I said to him, if you don't vote, because he, he believed it was a woman's issue, well, if you don't vote, then women aren't going to be able to take a decision uh, on it. So he was he was easily and quickly persuaded that he should go out and uh, and and vote. 
look, it is a men's issue. I, I just can't think of the situation if there was a no vote that for the next 30 years or for a long time, we are going to be, uh, saddled with the status quo. What's the status quo? It is legal to go and have an abortion elsewhere, but it's not legal to have one here. So, so we've opted out. We've said you have to be, have the money, the wherewithal to, to travel to perhaps what is a strange place on your own sometimes. Uh, that's not, that's not right. I mean, we're, we're actually conceding that a woman has the right to travel to have an abortion. Well, if she's the right to travel, to have an abortion, to have a termination, then she should have the same right here. And I know, you know, I know uh, friends who who have carried full term and the knowledge that the child wouldn't live, but that's what they wanted to do. And I know others who have had terminations because they just couldn't face and couldn't, and that's that's their, their decision. And I think in, in, in both cases, we have to respect uh, the decision that those women took and the decision that their, their doctors took. It's also ridiculous that uh, a woman can buy uh, pills on the internet, no medical supervision, uh, very lonely place. I, I listened to a woman being interviewed uh, who was pregnant but didn't want her mother to know she was pregnant and they were living in a, a one-bedroomed uh, flat in Dublin, actually. And uh, she told her she took this pill on the way home on the bus and her she got quite ill before she got home and got very, 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 very stressed. Shouldn't put anybody in that in that uh, position. So men should go out and vote and men should vote, yes, and they should vote for their women friends, for their mothers, for their daughters, for their great nieces, for their nieces, for all the women out there to do what? To take their own decision in consultation with their doctors. Whatever the decision is, to have a termination or not to have a termination, that's their business. At the moment, we deny them the right to do it. We then asked Jerry what he would say to older people that may be concerned about how Ireland will change in the event that the Eighth Amendment is repealed. Well, I've, I've had the interesting experience of older women particularly saying to me, and Martin Ferris was telling me he had the same experience, of older women saying, look, we're against abortion, but we're voting yes. And we're voting yes because we have to look after our grandchildren and our granddaughters, and we, we can't condemn women in, into the future, to the type of Ireland we grew up in. So I, I suppose it's that... It's that uh, a, a, Ability to trust. You know, I, I have three granddaughters. I trust them. You know, so it, it's not up to me. It's up to, God forbid, they were in a crisis. Them to be given all the comfort and the public services that they uh, deserve and and require, just as a matter of fact. So th- there may be generational issues here. I mean, I, I, I have noticed I was out on... I was out over the weekend in, in, in Dundalk and I was actually very uh, uplifted by the number of young women. We, we, we were on a stall 
who were coming up looking for material, looking for badges, looking for posters, looking for leaflets, and who clearly were energised, similarly in terms of registration, when we put out appeals for registration. There's particularly um, a large amount of young women registering. It may be a slightly different matter for younger men. Again, I haven't had this experience myself. I, I, I talked to a gang of young guys uh, again over, over the weekend, but eight or nine young fellas, and they, they were all voting yes. But I am told by others that uh, other young men are a bit indifferent on the issue. There's only less than two weeks. I would like to think that, you know, because it's very difficult to run a six, seven, eight week campaign. You know, the, the campaign really starts now. So we'll say there's 12 days or 10 days or 11 days. I'd like to think that those who would be indifferent or might think it's their business will become informed in the next very short period to come out and to vote yes. We then asked Jerry what a yes vote would mean for Irish society. Well, the, the, the amendment should never have been put in the constitution in the first place. And, and you know, maybe those who put it in didn't think women would die as a result of it, but women have died as a result of it, and women have been traumatised and uh, terrorised, if you like, with the experiences that they have got to, they've been forced to go through. I I don't see, you know, the floodgates opening up, you know, I don't see, you know, I just, I, I just trust the people involved, you know, it's, it's, it's 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 a matter of rectifying or wrong. I mean, this is essentially rectifying or wrong. And what are we what what are we deciding? We're deciding that a woman has the right to make her own decision over her own health. Or we're saying no, you cannot be trusted to do that. You cannot be depended on to do that. You cannot be allowed to do that. We don't let you do that. You don't have our permission to do that. And that's what will change. Uh, those who need a termination, for whatever reason, will continue to find a way to have a termination under this very unfair system. Those who need a termination, if and when the people vote yes, will then be treated with the type of love and compassion and support that they deserve. Jerry finished by talking about the power of continuing the individual conversations with friends, family and colleagues that we've all been having over the last few weeks and months. Well, I'm, I'm a great believer in informal uh, canvassing or campaigning or informing. Uh, is a, a, a great uh, Ardo Guthrie song, Alice's Restaurant, and it's about how you... you, know, you you get one person, you get two people, you get three people, you get four people, you get five people. So I think all of us need to talk to our work colleagues, to our workmates, if we're lucky enough to be in work. I think all of us need to talk to the experience of the women who bred us, who gave birth to us, who both you know, made us whatever we are uh, this day. Uh, and I think we have to listen to uh, those very, very simple propositions. And it is, does a woman deserve a public health service that allows her and her doctor to take decisions about her health? Or are women inferior 
Are they suspect? Are they not to be trusted? So uh, the the twenty fifth is a short a short time off. Apart from the formal canvassing and leafleting and door knocking and so on that we'll all do, let's do it informally as well. Let's just encourage uh, in a quiet way uh, everybody to trust our sisters and our daughters and our granddaughters and all of those women who have made Ireland such a wonderful place, despite what they've had to put up with for a very, very long time. We would like to thank Jerry Adams for taking the time to talk to us. On May 25th, Ireland will vote on whether or not to repeal the Eighth Amendment from the Constitution. This is our chance to turn a page in history and leave behind a dark past of mother and baby homes, Magdalene laundries and forcing women to travel outside of Ireland to access abortion services. You can make a difference in the outcome of this referendum. Have a conversation with friends, with members of your family or colleagues who are undecided. Get involved with your local Together for Yes campaign. You can find details for this at togetherforyes.ie and most importantly, vote yes on May 25th to make Ireland a more caring and compassionate place.